Before the days of Warzone and Fortnite and clickbaity titles, we had a game mode called Call of Duty Zombies. You just hop on with the boys and you have a good time. What's cooking episode 19? We're going to be counting down the top 10 zombies maps of all time. Here we go. What's cooking, everybody? You already know what time it is. It's Wednesday. My name is Brandon, and it's time for another episode of the What's Cooking podcast. Last week we had a guest appearance, and I think it went very well. I've got some good reviews on that episode. We're very thankful to have Alec join us. But this week we are back on a solo mission. We are back in the lab, coming up with some ideas to discuss. And I think that. Some people will really enjoy today's content. Some people will have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, it's kind of a niche audience that I'm going towards here. But uh, as, a, as a podcast that focuses on four categories, there's going to be times where people might not have a full understanding of what I'm talking about because uh, we, we drill down into these sections and we go deep into each one of them. So hopefully... Most people will be able to get some value out of this. Maybe not everyone, but the topic for today's episode, as you've probably seen, my top 10 Call of Duty Zombies maps. And I need to give you guys a quick preface to the content today before I go into my top 10 list. There is some things to consider, as always. One of them being, I mainly played the Black Ops Call of Duty series, and that includes Black Ops 1, 2, and 3. I also played 4, but I don't believe I ever played Zombies from Black Ops 4. If there even was Zombies from Black Ops 4, that's how non-memorable they were. So, that's something to keep in mind. Um, other iterations of Zombies are probably not going to be mentioned in this because I didn't play them, or they weren't notable to me, or something along those lines. So Black Ops 1, Black Ops 2, and Black Ops 3 is kind of the scope for the, the the list today. I am a little bit biased towards Black Ops 1. Uh, I think that Black Ops 1 is my favorite Call of Duty ever. It's the first one I ever played. And I think for a lot of people, the first Call of Duty they ever played is going to be their favorite. It's what you've uh, started with, and it's what you're used to the most. So... I, uh, I guess I kind of fall into that category as well. So, One other thing I want to mention, Call of Duty Zombies started with the video game World at War. This was a Treyarch Call of Duty game that came out before Black Ops 1. It introduced us to the four classic Zombies maps. Um, I'm going to mention one of those in today's list, but it doesn't actually come from... Call of Duty World at War. It comes from a future remastered version, so I'm going to be specific with which games each of these come from, so you guys have a better idea of what kind of time frame I'm talking about. There's been a lot of DLCs over the years that have brought back classic maps and kind of added their own twist to it, so uh, it's, it's important we keep that straight as we go along our top 10 list. With that being said, buckle up and get ready, because it's time to start with number 10.
coming in at number 10 on the Call of Duty Top 10 Zombies Maps list, we have the map Buried from Black Ops 2. This is one of the most unique starting rooms of any map. Right away when you spawn in on Buried, if you aren't paying attention very closely, you can walk straight off the edge of the map to your death <laughs> in the starting room. I don't think there's any other maps that uh, have that possibility, so you got to make sure you're dialed in there off the bat. But also, if you play your cards right, you can buy an LSAT light machine gun on round one. That is insane, because usually you start with your uh, M1911 starting pistol and you want to rack up points and buy doors and eventually get maybe a assault rifle or something. But if you get lucky enough and you grab a double points on round one or even if you wait another round and stack up some more points, there's a little ledge you can jump off of and climb up onto this uh, platform. Quickly run over to the wall and purchase the LSAT and you're going to be set to go for the foreseeable future in this map. I think that's really cool. If you're strategic enough to get that off the bat, you deserve to have that advantage. Once you've done that, or once you've failed to do that, you drop down into the underground abandoned town, which is the main part of the map buried. You look around and you see some buildings, you see uh, some pathways, different pathways you can go down into different areas. You have this huge guy that's locked in a jail cell. I don't remember the specific name for this guy, but I know that among my friends, we always called him Lenny. I don't know if his name is actually Lenny or if that's just somebody made that up, but that's what stuck with me. So I'm, we're just going to go with Lenny. All right. So you gotta, you gotta go free Lenny out of his cage and you, you give him some things and he'll take like this jug that you hand him and he'll drink it. And then he'll like turn around and absolutely stampede a barrier for you. And that's kind of how you go unlock certain areas is you get, you get Lenny over there and you aim Lenny and you say, ready, set, fire. And he'll start stampeding towards uh, different barricades. And uh, it's kind of a unique way to access different parts of the map. But you got to be careful, guys. Because if you misbehave around Lenny, he can come after you. He can do some serious damage. He also can do some serious damage to the zombies, though. So it's a kind of a hit or miss, depending on uh, how you treat him. So... Make sure you're on your best behavior when Lenny's out and about. Other than that, you have uh, the haunted house where you're going to pack a punch. You have to go into this haunted house with a bunch of witches chasing after you. Um, if they touch you, you lose points. So you kind of have to have your gun up and ready to aim around and knock them down before they get to you. Then once you make it through the haunted house, you have this maze that you have to go through and this spiral staircase to go down all the way over to Pack-A-Punch. And man, it's a journey getting back there. You really got to earn it. And once you do get back there, <laughs> you better hope that you have a crawler or something because you're going to get stampeded at Pack-A-Punch with no escape route. So it's not really something you want to do mid-round. Uh, you want to save that for a dull moment. You can head back there and get what you need and get out of there. There are a ton of buildables to use in the map Buried. I'm talking trample steam, 
the head chopper, the subsurface resonator, all these different little buildables you can use to kill zombies. I remember some of me and some memories of a uh, me and the boys camping out over by where Juggernog is in this like narrow pathway back in this back alley. And you can literally set up shop back there. You get your trample steam, your head chopper, your subsurface resonator, and you get a, a turbine back there. You can power up all these machines and you get a couple of your friends to hold off. The zombies will come right down this central pathway all lined up for you and you take them out. And if you have the perk Vulture's Aid, you can stand in the this little green spray and all the zombies will run away. It's a, it's a quick and easy uh, beginning round strat to kind of speed things up, and it brings back some great memories. The wonder weapon on this map is the Paralyzer, I believe it's called. I don't know if that's the non-Pack-A-Punch or Pack-A-Punch version, but it's this weapon that you hold down right trigger, and it like slows down the zombies into a, a state where they become frozen and then like disintegrate. But you got to be careful, because if the gun overheats then it will put you in a bad spot. So that's number 10. That's Buried, the map Buried from Black Ops 2. All-around solid map, some good memories, and it makes the very end of our list today. Now let's move over to number 9. Number 9 on the top 10 zombie map list. This map is called Der Reese. It originally started from Call of Duty World at War, but the Der Reese I'm talking about is the Black Ops 3 remaster version. Because in the Black Ops 3 remaster version, you have so much more firepower at your disposal. Before I get into that firepower, we gotta first talk about the map. This is the first map that ever introduced the teleporter, and the first ever map that introduced Pack-A-Punch, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So, these were very important uh, additions back in the classic game, because before that, you kind of just had wall weapons and mystery box, and you just run around. <laughs> but now there's kind of a, a more, more stuff to do, I guess. More objectives, more side quests and everything. You can uh, get this teleporter going, and it'll bring you back to the spawn room open up Pack-A-Punch, upgrade your weapons and everything. But the best part about Black Ops 3, aside from the Gobblegum, uh, which is kind of overpowered, but uh, the Pack-A-Punch system in Black Ops 3, if you Pack-A-Punch a weapon more than once, you get these extra side effects included. One of them is like fireworks, where uh, at random points, if you're shooting this gun, it'll uh, burst into, like, the bullets will burst into fireworks and destroy every single zombie that's in the, the near vicinity. Some of them are, uh, I think it's like turned, where you shoot and a random bullet will turn a zombie into a human and it'll start running away and attracting the other zombies. A bunch of other little side uh, gimmicky uh, pack-a-punch versions like that in Black Ops 3 really uh, kind of gives you more firepower, gives you a, a different feel to the game, adds an extra element into it, and... It really livens up a map that was somewhat dull before this implementation. But one of my favorite strategies, similar to Buried, was uh, this catwalk in the back of the map where you could go up this flight of stairs and go along the catwalk and camp in the back of the map. 
you have a line of sight similar to the Juggernaug location in Buried where the zombies are just funneling in a straight path towards you. You get some friends back there. You get some pack-a-punch guns. You are set, man. You are good to go for multiple rounds. Uh, you can get the... Uh, what is it? The Wonder Waffle was the Wonder Weapon on that uh, map. So you can get that. You can get some LMGs, some pack-a-punch guns, and you you just set up shop back there, and I think you'd be able to hold off like up into the 40s probably just to based off of that. There's also a mystery box location back there in case you ever want to uh, swap something out if you happen to have that box activated up there. Um, the only downside, I guess, to this strategy is that if somehow you get overran, um, you are definitely trapped. You do not have a escape route out the back. Um, you're just uh, left to fend for all the space you can negotiate for, and if you get trapped, then you're pretty much GG, no re. So got to tread carefully there. That is the map Der Reese, the Black Ops 3 remastered version. Coming in at number 9. Up next, we head over to number 8. This map, number 8, Call of the Dead from Black Ops 1. And you know what's strange about me putting this at number 8? I actually never owned the DLC with this map. So I never got to have a true uh, authentic experience like going through time and time again playing this map. I've played it a few times at a friend's house. I've played it um, in other locations, I guess. I've seen on YouTube some tutorials and some playthroughs and everything. But I'd, I uh, have limited experience with this map. So me putting it at number eight really speaks highly to it. The vibes, let me just start off. The vibes on this map, Call of the Dead, are immaculate. You spawn in to this uh, open land with snow on the ground, and there's like a frozen lake. You got this huge dude named George, who's like this movie director. If you guys watched like the backstory to it, the intro, the cutscenes, and everything, uh, there's a more in-depth storyline. But uh, basically this dude named George is really pissed at you. He's walking towards you constantly. He is very slow, but if he gets to you, it's not good. So you want to keep him distance. You want to keep him far away. You do actually have the ability to kill him if you dedicate the time to it. And I believe that will give you every perk in the game. So that's like one of the Easter eggs, I guess. But it takes so much firepower to kill him. And you have to have the perfect setup and everything. So you really got to be dedicated to do that. But what's really cool about this map is some of the wonder weapons they have. Um, one of them is called the Scavenger, which is like a combination of a sniper rifle and a crossbow and an explosive device that like has insane damage that can take out a whole wave of zombies. Then there's a second wonder weapon on this map, which is very unique. Most maps do not have two distinct wonder weapons, but this one does. The second one is one that turns zombies into humans, kind of like uh, the turned functionality on Black Ops 3, except this is a specific gun that does that. And that's pretty entertaining, and it can be useful to get yourself out of some sticky situations. Another great thing about this map, Call of the Dead, you have PhD Flopper, one of the best perks of all time. It 
lets you be immune to any explosive damage. So that means you can pack a punch your M1911s, get those bad boys into Mustangs and Sallies. And if you ever get stuck in the early rounds, you can just do Mustang and Sally to the floor and basically clear out some space for yourself and survive. So that's super clutch. The vibes are immaculate on this map. There's so much capabilities you can do. There's a zip line you can take, and the map is insanely cool. So coming in at number eight, that would be Call of the Dead from Black Ops 1. Now let's head over and check out number seven. Number seven, I'm going to take a lot of heat for putting this at number seven. I already know some of you guys are going to be pissed. I got Transit from Black Ops 2 at number seven. This is one of the most hated maps in Call of Duty Zombies history. It is by far the largest map in Zombies history. And when I say it's the most hated, it's... There are some valuable and some valid reasons why you would hate this map. So I'm going to get some of the bad parts out of the way. It takes forever to get a game set up for a good run if you're playing at transit. There's a bunch of fog in between each location that you have to run through. The denizens will crawl out and jump on your head and you have to constantly fight them off. And everything's so far away. And there's a bus that you can take. But the bus stops at each spot and it doesn't really go super fast. And the zombies can attack you while you're on the bus. And then there's this lightning electric guy that can come in. And my man, lightning guy, always somehow knows the least convenient time for him to appear. He will check in on you at the worst possible time. You'd be... You'd be just downed and trying to go get Pack-A-Punch and run through the fog. Oh, is now a good time to stop on by? Yes, it is. No. <laughs> the lightning guy will check in on you and he will destroy you if you're not prepared. Then we have the Wonder Weapon for this map, which is a buildable Wonder Weapon with pieces scattered across the entire map. And when I say the entire map, Transit is probably the size of like five regular size maps all put together. You have to go on a wild goose chase collecting all these parts, bring them in together at the buildable location. Then once you get it all together, you have this gun and you, you can use it for about three or four seconds at a time. And if you use it longer than that, it'll break and all the pieces will rescatter across the map. <laughs> so you have to use it in short bursts and it'll kill a few zombies and then you have to wait. And it's just like... I don't know if the, the pain is worth the reward on that. It's definitely not. I'll save you the time there. But if I'm complaining so much about this map, why do I have it at number seven? Well, let me tell you. If you get a multiplayer game going on transit, there's some of the, the best uh, just like camaraderie and funny uh, experiences and trolling and like all the all the fun multiplayer options that you have you can do on transit there's so many little uh secret objectives and hidden modes and uh, challenges you can do on this map you can do holding off on the bus so all your friends go grab some guns and get together on the bus and you can just make it a challenge to see how long you can survive on the bus 
Um, there's another one that I saw some YouTubers doing where they go into the farm part of the map and they hold off in the barn and you cannot take a step foot outside the barn unless it's like every five rounds you get to go out there for a little bit and then come back in. You got to protect the barn. <laughs> it's just a fun little mini game you can do. Uh, you can, there's so many great spots to train on this map. Some of the painful parts of other maps is that they're tight, they're packed, they're condensed. You don't have a lot of room to run around and train. Transit is the opposite. You have so much space to train. You have so many options. You have the the bus stop area at farm you can train in. You can train at the bus depot area. You can train in the street in between the spawn and the diner. You can train at town. I mean, you name it, dude. You got so many different areas. So if you're playing four-player, you don't have to fight over different spots to play. You all can divide and conquer. This is the first map also that introduced the banking system because this was the main uh, first map that came out for Black Ops 2. So the banking system allows you to go to the bank, which is located in the town part of this map, and withdraw money that you've stashed away from previous rounds. So if you want to set yourself up for success in the future, you can deposit a bunch of money for future rounds, and then you can even round one, come to the town, withdraw insane amounts of money, go spend it on everything you need on round one, get fully set up, and then just absolutely obliterate your way through the next remaining rounds. Also, there's a fridge in the farm where you can store weapons in the fridge for later rounds and come back and grab them. Um, so many cool additions were added to transit. So many games within the game that you can play, some mini games, some fun challenges, and one of the best multiplayer maps just for the, the chaos and the camaraderie that I've ever played. So there you have it, Transit coming in at number seven. Let's go to number six. Number six on the list, Nuketown from Black Ops 2. Nuketown might be the most iconic Call of Duty multiplayer map of all time. Everyone loves it. It's tightly packed. It's colorful. It's vibrant. And it's one of the best multiplayer maps, in my opinion, just due to the, the frenzy, the chaos, and the tightly packed uh, nature of it. So when we heard that this was going to be transformed into a zombies map, I was very curious to know how they would divide the map up into different rooms. Are you going to have a start in one backyard and work our way across? Are you going to start us in a, a house? Like, where are we going to drop in here? Turns out they decide to spawn us in the very center of the map, which was interesting. You can choose to work towards either end, either backyard, bet behind the two houses. Very unique uh, system in Nuketown is the perks. Every five rounds, you're going to have a new perk that randomly spawns in, and it comes in the form of like a nuke falling towards the earth. And it, you can hear it like as it comes, and it makes it an entrance, I'll tell you. And so you find out what perk it is every five rounds, and it gives you a different element of surprise. But also, you can definitely get screwed over, because <laughs> the worst possible RNG you can get with these uh, perk spawns, let's say... The first one that comes in is Speed Cola, 
Then the second one comes in and it's double tap. Third one comes in and it's uh, quick revive. Fourth one comes in and it's pack-a-punch maybe because pack-a-punch is also possible. You can go until round 25 without seeing Jug. And for Zombies players, you know how important Jug is. You're not making it to, to round 25 very often if you don't have Jug. So it's, be, it's basically a reset if you don't get Jug very soon, which is kind of frustrating, but um, hey, it's, it's part of the map, so you can't really, you can't really fight it. There's a red semi-truck in the middle of the map, as the Nuketown uh, fans will know. It's very expensive to unlock this area, but once you get in there, you have the Semtexes that you can buy, you have Bowie Knife, Galvan Knuckles, Claymores, all the little specialty options in there. And it's kind of cool that they are all stashed in that one spot. This is a super tough map for you to play casually. If you were to hop in online multiplayer, chances are you're not making it past round 15 <laughs> unless you get matched up with some super smart and experienced guys. Um, there's only one really good training spot, and that's going to be in the backyard of the greenhouse on Nuketown. You kind of have a little system you can run back there. But I really like this map just for the unpredictability and for the the reason that it's the only multiplayer map to ever be transformed into a zombies map, and that just shows the versatility of Nuketown, and it's really cool to see that this was done. I know there's a lot of iconic YouTubers that uh, did this. I remember Syndicate having a live stream where he made it up to like round 36 the week of launch, and he had so many people in that stream, and it was so cool to see like the initial week one of us discovering everything that possible on that map. So good times, good memories, a lot of unpredictable elements to Nuketown. That's why it comes in at number six. Now we're going to head over to number five. Number five on the list, Moon from Black Ops 1. This is another one of those unique starting room maps, kind of like Buried that we had at number 10 on the list. You have the spawn from Moon. You're actually on Earth when you spawn in. You're in Area 51. If you guys remember in 2019 when everyone was planning to storm Area 51 to find out all the secrets of the government or whatever, <laughs> yeah, that's where actually you spawn in on Moon, uh, Area 51. It, sound, it seems like a regular zombie spawn when you come in. You got the zombies slowly coming towards you. This, the pace of play seems familiar. But you do have the pack-a-punch machine right next to you and available right off the bat, which is a little suspicious. Like, hmm, is this really... Are they, are they actually serious Like right now? You're going to have pack-a-punch accessible on round one. Yeah, they do. But you get about 15 seconds of regular round one gameplay and then the alarm comes in <laughs> and all the zombies just absolutely go berserk and they come rushing at you. You got dogs spawning in and everybody's going crazy. All you have is your starting pistol. So you got to retreat pretty quickly unless you're a skilled uh, runner, trainer. Um, you have two options. You can either take the teleporter to the moon and start a regular round one on the moon or you can hold off uh, try to shoot some bullets throw some grenades rack up points 
You can either grab Jug or Speed Cola, depending on which one spawns in, or you can rack up enough points to pack on round one, and if you play your cards right, you can head to Moon with round one with Mustang and Sally's. That's insane. Or Juggernaug, if that's the way you want to go. So you do have some different options off the bat if you're skilled enough to make it like that. So that's another reason why I like Moon. But let's get into the main part. You get to the Moon... You have to immediately throw on the spacesuit, otherwise you're going to suffocate. Uh, there's a there's a space guy that spawns in, similar to George from Call of the Dead. He's walking towards you very slowly, and if you let him get too close, he's going to headbutt you, teleport you to a new point on the map, and take a perk away from you, and leave you as a one-hit red screen. So that's like that's like the triple whammy of. Uh, bad things that can happen to you moving to a new location losing a perk and becoming one hit so best that you keep your distance or just take him out i think he's way easier to take out than george but he does respawn every round so you got to keep that in mind gravity on the moon obviously a little bit different than earth and they factor that into the video game you have to kind of get used to uh, jumping around and sometimes you randomly float when you didn't intend to so you have to consider that there's a lot of spots to train on the moon um, if you go to the biodome there's a ton of different pathways you can run around in even uh, the the moon spawn room i've seen some speedrunners kind of uh, run figure eights in the moon spawn room with the max wave gun which is the wonder weapon of this map if that's uh, your preference you can definitely do that the max wave gun it's the wonder weapon. It's a two-in-one weapon, so you can combine these little two individual guns into one wonder weapon, where you can shoot lasers that like infect the zombies and take out a huge horde, or you can separate them into the zap gun dual wield, where you have two individual guns that can pick off zombies, and those two combine for a great two-in-one weapon. They each have their own purpose. They each have their own situation where you'd want to use those. So it's really a huge help to have that uh, different type of approach at your disposal. So very dynamic wonder weapon. But some of the pain points of Moon, you're going to have to deal with the excavator every so often where this uh, huge excavator just randomly chooses a point and starts drilling and it can block off certain walkways. It can open up the biodome. So you have to put on your uh, spacesuit in there. And it can kind of screw up the map. So you have to go get grab the hacker, which is a device that spawns in, in a random location. Grab the hacker, come on back to the uh, moon spawn room, which is like the control room. Find the right little thing to hack, and it'll uh, deactivate the excavator. So... I always struggled with that, like knowing where the hacker was and trying to deactivate the excavator. And that was super frustrating for me because I didn't really put the time in to research how to do that. But as a casual player, it's something you have to figure out. So there you have it. Moon at number five. Super cool concept, super cool map from Black Ops 1. There you go. Coming in at number four. This map comes from Black Ops 2. It's called Die Rise. Die Rise. Not High Rise, but Die Rise. Uh, 
So most zombies maps in Call of Duty have you spread out across the map horizontally. You move left and right, you go across, you're staying on one altitude, but you're moving out horizontally. This is one of the very few zombies maps that has you stretch the map vertically, up and down. Die Rise, as the name suggests, is a high-rise, a huge tall building, or even series of buildings, that you spawn near the top, and right off the bat you have the option to either take the elevator down to the super, super bottom of the map and work your way slowly back up using elevators, or you can open the first door where you can gradually work your way down the building to find different areas. So I like the uh, choose your own adventure there, some different routes, some different path taking. The perks on this map are going to randomly spawn in into these elevators. And this can kind of be a blessing and a curse, kind of like Nuketown. Um, so there's some more inconvenient elevators to get to, and there's some more central ones that are going to be easy to access. You kind of have to time things right, too, because the elevators are going to be moving around. You can jump on top of them to uh, reach different areas, but you want to make sure that you don't jump on top of the elevator when it decides to go to the top floor because then you're going to get squished at the top and it's going to be GG no re. So got to know the, the routes. You got to know the system and be careful with that. There's going to be some spots on the map where you can do these sort of like parkour jumps, sprint and jump to reach different areas, jumping down flights and flights of a building, uh, stories and stories, I guess. You're going to have to risk your life, and sometimes you might fall off the map. I know it's happened to me quite a few times. It's very frustrating, but it's part of the game. Instead of the classic dog rounds on Die Rise, where they would, the dogs would come every six rounds, you kill them and you get a max ammo, they have these crawler things, these really strange dudes that are going to bounce off the walls and jump on the ceiling and climb all around. They're a lot harder to uh, shoot than the dogs, I guess. Um, but there's one cool thing that you can do. If you kill them using anything except bullets, so like explosives or uh, your knife, I guess, you can get a free perk out of that. So I always try to time that up and uh, get my free perks going. There's a wonder weapon on this map that's called the Sliquifier. It's another buildable one because uh, Black Ops 2, you have to build so many things. It's a buildable wonder weapon. It allows you to uh, shoot the Sliquifier and it'll chain on to different zombies. So you shoot one of them and if the zombie is near to a, a different zombie, he's going to kind of give the effect off to the next zombie and it's going to kill him and it'll chain effect onto the next one and to the next one. And that really makes for a unique way to kill zombies using minimal amounts of ammo rather than having your standard thunder gun where you just blast them all away and you wait for the new ones to spawn in you can actually get like a a, chi a chain effect a run-on uh, kill spree where new zombies will spawn in and become sliquified i guess <laughs> for lack of a better term and uh, you can keep on that train going and it's really unique and it makes the Sliquifier one of the most powerful wonder weapons if you know how to use it properly. There's also some glitchy spots on this map where you can camp. Um, if you're making your way down to where the AN-94 is, 
and you stop on one of those platforms where you buy the galvan knuckles, there's this room where zombies will only spawn from one direction and you can slickify the ground that they jump onto and they just start slipping and sliding and falling down and dying and everything. So there's some, there's been some speedrunners that just hang out there and just kind of camp and slickify the zombies until the cows come home. So I don't know if that's really the way that you intend to play zombies, but if that suits you, then that's an option. Die Rise brought a lot of new innovation to zombies, a lot of new possibilities and ideas. I think it's the best Black Ops 2 map as far as zombies goes. Um, maybe you disagree. Maybe you like some of the other ones that I haven't mentioned. But this is my personal list, and I will give a further explanation of some of the omissions from this list after we get past number one. So there you have it. Number four, Die Rise Black Ops 2. Let's keep it moving. Number three. The, the third best Call of Duty Zombies map of all time, in my opinion. This one's a classic, guys. Kino der Toten. A.K.A. Kino. <laughs> this is always, in my mind, going to be the default Zombies map. It's the first map that I've ever played. It's the first map you can go to in Black Ops 1. Uh, you have the classic spawn room with the two staircases and the teleporter location. Um, you, there's two doors you can buy. There's two guns you can buy. Just uh, simple, but classic. It's not too simple. There's some things you can do, and there's a lot of fun you can have with it. So it just hits that happy medium, you know. So there's two routes, like I said, you can take. One of them is the alley, and one of them is the foyer. The alleyway has the AK-74U, and the foyer is that huge room with the two staircases that has the MP40. You can make your way to the theater using either one of those routes. They both lead to the same location. You get to the theater, you turn on the power uh, where, uh, where the stage location is. Uh, these curtains swing open. And you can see the, the seating area. Um, it's a huge room, actually. When you open it up, it starts out condensed, and then you, the curtains swing open. You're like, wow, this is a lot bigger than I thought. You're able to do, uh, once you turn on the power, you can set up the teleporter. Teleporter is going to take you to the pack-a-punch room, and you're not going to be uh, having to fight off any zombies in the teleporter room because uh, the pack-a-punch machine is located in a spot where zombies cannot access. However, you can only stay up there for like 15, 20 seconds before they bring you back down. So be strategic with that. You can use it to your advantage. Um, there's a bunch of different traps located around the map too. If you spend, if you're willing to spend enough money, um, some of these traps are very useful for getting yourself out of sticky situations or just speeding up some of the later rounds. Kino der Toten has the dog rounds about every six or so rounds. They're going to come in and attack you. If you take care of them, uh, you're going to get yourself a max ammo. So that's always super helpful. Wonder weapons on this map, the Thunder Gun and the Ray Gun were introduced. These are two of the staples of the Zombie series. The Thunder Gun, in my opinion, if you need one weapon to get yourself out of a sticky situation, it's got to be the Thunder Gun. No questions asked. It will blast the zombies across the map. 
and clear out enough space for you to uh, get to safety. So although it might not be the most efficient, uh, like I said, the Sliquifier, how it can chain kills across different waves, uh, the Thunder Gun might not offer that, but as far as pure power and the ability to clear room, uh, Thunder Gun is going to be the best option there. Kino Der Toten, very simple, very classic, and a very fun experience playing single or multiplayer. Um, you're going to have a good chance at getting to some high rounds. I think the highest I ever made it on Kino was probably round 45-ish, 45, 46. I actually posted a picture of me on round 40 on Instagram back in the day. First time I ever hit round 40 on Kino Der Toten, I posted it on Instagram. So that's how excited I was. It was a great day. It was a monumental occasion. And that's why it comes in at number three on the list. Number two. Number two on the top ten zombies maps list. The map five. A.K.A. the Pentagon map. This is from Black Ops 1, just as well as Kino de Toten was. Black Ops 1, obviously my favorite Call of Duty of all time. Five. What's what's going on with five? Well, you're in the Pentagon. You got JFK himself, or a couple of the other side characters. And there's a running joke with me and my neighbors where uh, we would always reset the game if we didn't get JFK. And you can tell if you have JFK or not because when you spawn in, your character will have a little smirky comment. And you can tell if it's JFK or not. So if it's not JFK, I mean, you might as well reset until you get him. So that's a little running joke that we had. But um, you gotta, you guys got to watch the opening scene for this map, like the little uh, intro. It's super cool. JFK has some cool lines. The The voice actor for JFK is, is very accurate, I think. And uh, it really sets the scene for a cool map. And if you guys didn't know, I'm pretty sure, fun fact, this map wasn't actually built specifically for zombies. It was actually a campaign map. So, like, the structures and the layout and everything were implemented into the campaign of Black Ops 1. And then they just kind of took this little subsection of the campaign and tweaked it a little bit and turned it into the zombies map. So, a little fun fact there, a little nugget of information. But as far as the layout of the map, you you spawn in on the top floor. There's this conference room with these tables. And you have the classic two guns that start out with. You have Quick Revive. There's a door you can open. And in week one of Black Ops 1 being released, there was a cool glitch where you could jump up on these barriers and hop over onto the conference room table. And you'd be immune to the zombies. And you could just kind of camp out up there and kill them all. But that quickly got patched, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so you, you open up the first room. You got the MPL in there. Solid gun for the early rounds. You actually have Speed Cola in there, too, but it won't work until you have the power turned on. So you got to open up the elevator, take it down to the middle floor. You get off on the middle floor. There's this walkway around the top outside of the map. Um the middle floor is really the, the place to be, in my opinion. You got the MP5K, you got the stakeout, juggernaug, double tap, mule kick, pack a punch, teleporter location, all on the middle floor. 
So like that's that's kind of the hot spot for uh, everything you need, pretty much. The bottom floor, if you make it to the second elevator, there's like a the first elevator is like a common elevator, and then the second one's like a freight elevator. You take that freight one down, you get to the bottom floor. Um, it's like a it kind of reminds me of Stranger Things Hawkins Lab type of vibes. Um, <laughs> It's really scary and creepy and like lab room type of setup. And uh, you go, you go turn on the power on the bottom floor. There's these different rooms you can open up. Um, The mystery box is always going to start on the bottom floor. So you gotta, you gotta go down there eventually. You gotta face the fears. Um, There's some tight quarters. There's a bunch of teleporters that'll send you to different locations. And uh, there's the power switch. Like I said, the Pentagon thief the Pentagon Thief is something you got to keep in mind. Instead of the dog rounds, every six or so rounds, you're going to have this mad scientist guy that's look like Albert Einstein almost. Homie's going to come in through the teleporter, run to the nearest character on the map, and steal your weapon. And then he's going to run away. <laughs> and the more you shoot him, the faster he runs. So if you decide to shoot him, you better have a clip ready to go and you better have some power ready because my man is deadly. He's going to come grab all your stuff and leave without apologizing. So pro tip though, if you want to handle the Pentagon thief quickly and easily, you got to go grab some claymores from the bottom floor on five. You stash away your claymores in a position against the wall where they won't be set off. You stash away enough claymores from certain rounds, you can go and reaccess them on the Pentagon Thief round. You come up to the middle floor on that top walkway around the top outside of the map, and you set up claymores um, across that entire walkway. You let the Pentagon Thief spawn in and come up the stairs, and he'll run into all those claymores. It'll only take like three or four of them, and he'll be done. And if you kill him without him getting to you, you get what's called a bonfire sale, I believe. And that will automatically set the map to DEFCON 1. You can hop in the teleporter and it'll take you to Pack-A-Punch. So that's super fun. Um, Like I said, Pack-A-Punch, you're going to have to hit all the DEFCON switches usually. They're located throughout the middle floor. You get all those activated, you turn the map to DEFCON 1, hop in the teleporter, it'll teleport you over to the pack-a-punch room where temporarily you're going to be safe from all the zombies and then similar to Kino they'll uh they'll swing open the doors and let them rush in um so you're not free forever but you have a, a temporary little safe period the only thing that frustrates me on the map five well I guess there's a few things but the the one by far the most frustrating thing the wonder weapon the wonder weapon on five is abysmal It's so disappointing. It's called the Winter's Howl. It's very closely uh, similar to the ray gun, how it looks, but it fires like these icicles, like these ice blasts where all the zombies freeze. No, let me take that back. Not all the zombies, just a couple of them. A couple of them will get frozen and they can break out of the ice and still run after you. So you got to fire like seven shots of this thing to freeze up a whole pack of zombies and it might not even kill them i mean 
My goodness, you pack a punch it, it's, it's not even that much better. It does a little more damage, a little more spread. But the Winter's Howl, I give it a double F minus, man. That thing is a party pooper. That thing is a mood killer. Uh, you're pretty much going to have to fend off with a ray gun and uh, pack a punch HK 21. Um, you could go Mustang and Sally, but keep in mind you're not going to have PhD flopper, so it's not going to be super effective in the late rounds. Uh, yeah, tough times, man. Five. It is a super cool map. It's kind of tight quarters. It's kind of uh, limited a little bit, but I think just the overall scenery, like the layout, the structure, the the background, the storylines, it's it's well deserving of a number two spot on the all time list for me. Number one. The number one Call of Duty Zombies map of all time. I think you guys are going to be surprised with what I choose. I think that this is going to be a different choice that many people wouldn't choose at number one. But for me, it's got to be Shangri-La. The map Shangri-La from Black Ops 1. This is the map where you're in a jungle. And it's really cool. Like, the scenery... Uh, the greenery, uh, the nature on this map. It's so cool. Like, it's so aesthetically pleasing. Everything you look at is so alive and vibrant. And, like, most of the zombies maps are dull and dark and inside. And, like, you feel condensed. And you're just you're just out in the open, man. It's Shangri-La. You got some cool trees, jungle vibes. You got monkeys running around. You got water slides you can take. It's so cool. So, like I said, the monkeys, you kill a zombie and they, they drop one of their drops. So when I say drops, it's like double points, max ammo, carpenter, that kind of stuff. If you have a drop come in, the monkeys are going to rush from that central location by Pack-A-Punch where there's a huge staircase. They're going to run towards the drop and try to steal it from you. If you grab it before they steal it, uh, the, the monkeys are still going to come after you and try to steal your points. But if you kill the monkey before they swipe at you, you can make a bunch of points doing that. If, however, the monkeys end up getting to this drop before you do, they're going to swipe it. They're going to start running back to that pack-a-punch staircase spawn room location. And as they run back, the drop is going to cycle through all the different drops in the game. And if you happen to kill the monkey at the time that that drop is being shown above its head, that's the drop it turns into. So it's a little strategic like that. You can kind of uh, hold off for a better perk, or excuse me, a better drop. So say you get a carpenter and you're like, man, I'm, I'm almost out of ammo and I got all the doors rebuilt already. I don't need a carpenter. I need a max ammo. You wait and you wait and the monkeys will come and they'll take it and it'll cycle through all the drops. You Once you see max ammo, you try to kill it right during that point and you can get yourself a max ammo. If it happens to be a drop comes in and it's a max ammo and you let the monkey steal it and the cycle through, you can actually get a free perk off of that. If you time it, it's super hard to time that one, but if you get it right, you can get a free perk. Let me just tell you, the AK-74U is a must-have on this map. It's probably one of the best wall weapons on Shangri-La. Um, 
it's very powerful in the early rounds, and I think it's very conveniently located. Um, if you're doing the water slide strat, where you start off, um, there's this point in the map where you have to go through a sand pit, and there's like a randomly structured path that you can take. If you guys know what I'm talking about, it's right next to the top of the water slide. There's a, there's a strat where you start there and hold off as long as you can. You take the water slide down. You can buy um, you can buy AK-74U ammo and then kind of cycle back around and loop over to the top of the water f slide and kind of just take that path over and over again. And you can also pack a punch AK-74U and it'll get a bunch more ammo, a bunch more power. That's another use for it. You got Semtexes on this map, which are awesome. You got Spike Moors, which are like upgraded Claymores that explode and also send spikes upward into the zombies. That's super cool. Unique to this map. You got PhD Flopper, of course. One of the best perks in the game. So you can do Mustang and Sally strats on this map. It's just so many possibilities. I mean, I already talked about the water slide. There's also a minecart ride on the, on the opposite side of the map. You can hop in this minecart, and it takes you on like this scenic uh, ride where you can see different parts of the map and shoot the zombies as you go by, and you're safe in the minecart. And you get thrown out into the waterfall location, and it's just like what a time, what a what a great experience you're having on this map. Whatever you decide to do, it's gonna be cool, entertaining, lively, and there's just so many cool pathways for you to take. The only downside, I would say, to Shangri-La, you don't have a lot of room to train. Uh, it's very tight. It's very narrow. There's zombies that spawn out of the ground. There's zombies that spawn out of the ceiling that can kind of affect you as you're running through some of these tight uh, hallways and paths. So keep that in mind. You're also going to have the fire zombies that'll come in every now and then. Instead of um, dog rounds, these fire zombies don't have specific rounds. They just come in whenever they feel like it. Um, you got to keep your distance from them. If you get too close, they'll explode and light the surrounding area on fire and probably kill you unless you have jug. There's also the shrieker zombies, which will sprint towards you and like scream in your face and it'll cause you to lose your vision. So it's just another uh, thing to keep you on your toes, I guess. <laughs> um, the Wonder Weapon, let me tell you, Wonder Weapon on this map is super unique. For whatever reason, they decided to name it 3179 JGB215. <laughs> That's the name of the Wonder Weapon on this map. Most people just call it the baby gun. Uh, you shoot this thing, and the pack of zombies will all turn into like baby zombies, and then they just become one-hit kills after that. So that's very useful. You can clear them out pretty easily. Guys, I went above and beyond in this episode because I, go, I like to go all out on the What's Cooking podcast. I looked up the reasoning behind why the, this Wonder Weapon is called the 3179 JGB215. Turns out that those are coordinates. So 3179 is like the start of the um, first of each two coordinates so like 31 north 79 east or something like that um and then jgb so you have to take the the letter of the alphabet that each of these characters are so like j is the 10th letter in the alphabet so on and so on 
and you have to translate those into coordinates. And then you take the 215 and add that on the end. Once you unscramble all these coordinates and get them lined up, you find out that you have 31, 10.72 north, 79, 2.15 east. You throw that into Google Earth, and what do you get? You get a mountainous region just north of the Himalayas. I'm assuming that's where the map is based on. Um, I'm assuming that that's the geographical location of the so-called Shangri-La map. And I think Shangri-La is actually like a fictional location from an old uh, reference in the movie. I don't know if it's a movie or a book or a story or something, but if you look up Shangri-La, there's more of a background to that than just Call of Duty Zombies. But yeah, Wonder Weapons are cool. The map is cool, vibrant, a lot of options, a lot of different paths you can take. And it's really, there's no major weakness to Shangri-La, in my opinion. It has it all. It has everything you want. And it keeps you on your toes. You got to be skillful, but you don't have to do too much work to set everything up. Um, you just uh, You just have a good time. And that's why, in my opinion, Shangri-La comes in at number one of the top ten all-time Call of Duty Zombies maps. Let me add in a little uh, post-reasoning as far as um, some of the reasons why I didn't add in some of the other Black Ops 2 maps. You guys are probably scratching your heads right now. I didn't include Mob of the Dead. I didn't include... Origins, those are two very popular Black Ops 2 maps. I think that for my zombie playing experience, I'm not a huge fan of going on ridiculous quests to set up certain things. And in Mob of the Dead, you have to turn into an electric guy. Go zap all these different areas. Unlock that. Go through there. You have to build a plane with items scattered across the map. You do have a cool tomahawk, but you're going to have to really work hard if you want to upgrade that thing. You, it's just like you're running around doing chores, and I feel like that's not what Zombies is all about. So for that reason, I leave off Mob of the Dead. As far as Origins, some of the same thing as I just mentioned, but also I didn't play Origins much. I kind of stopped playing Black Ops 2 around that DLC release. So I don't have a whole lot of uh, experience on that. So those are some of the reasons why I left off some of the more popular maps. But uh, I'm definitely open to opinions. I'm open to feedback. Do you guys agree with this list? Or am I just doing the zombies community a big disservice with this list? <laughs> Let me know what you think, all of your zombie players out there. Hopefully you... Uh, understand some of my reasoning for the locations on this list hit me up with a message i'd be happy to defend my list because i really spent some good time thinking about this and i like each map where they're at so there you have it top 10 call of duty maps for zombies now that we've broken it all down we're gonna go head over and see what is cooking in each of the four categories what's cooking in sports Listen to this. Here's what was at stake 
for the Iowa football team last Friday. We were coming off a four-game win streak. We were playing against a Big Ten rival, a, a neighboring state, a 3-8 and eight team who fired their coach in the middle of the season. It's a trophy game. We have won this trophy game the last seven years. The game's at home, it's on senior day, and we have a chance to win the Big Ten West and go to the Big Ten Championship game. How did it turn out for Iowa? Well, we found ourselves in a 24-0 hole in the third quarter. If you listen to all the metrics that I just threw out, you would think that this is a recipe for an Iowa victory. The stars are aligned, and we can take care of business. But uh, not today, not this week, not this year. The Hawks laid an egg at one of the most crucial moments in the season, if not the most crucial moment. And we could have been in the Big Ten Championship playing against Michigan, but instead we are sitting at home waiting to see what kind of mediocre bowl game we will be traveling to this year. Now, I do have to add that uh, Petrus got hurt early on in this game. I believe it was some sort of upper body arm injury, it looked like. Then we also had Cooper DeGene go down. And if you've been watching Iowa football, you know how important Cooper DeGene is to our team because the second he went out, Nebraska started going at our corners, our young, inexperienced corners. They were racking up passing yards like no tomorrow. And then our backup punt returner muffed a punt return, and it was just a disaster all the way through. I was at this game. I was watching it go down. I was in the student section, and there was a small little pocket of Nebraska fans who were chanting before the game even started. And I was telling people, I was like, let them have their fun now because they're not going to be chanting and having fun later. Boy, was I wrong. (laughs) Yeah, they got the job done. Nebraska did. They beat the Hawks in Kinnick for the first time in like seven or eight years. And it stings. It feels bad. We're going to have the bad taste in our mouth for a long time. Today we just found out that Alex Padilla will be entering the transfer portal. Spencer Petrus is a senior. He'll be graduating. Does that mean it's time for Joey Labus to step up? Or are the Hawks going to explore another option via the transfer portal? Who knows? Time will tell. But uh, that's disappointing to see it end this way. I really had high hopes, and we were let down. We were hoodwinked, bamboozled, run amuck, led astray. NFL. Let's move over to the Chargers, where we're taking on the Cardinals this week. Chargers at Cardinals. This is the first Charger game this year that I didn't actually get to watch all the way through. Uh, We had some guests over at our house. I was at my parents' house, and saw most of the first half, saw some of the second half, but I was able to watch the highlights and recap everything I needed to see, so I have most of the information that I need to present. I believe the Chargers were down 10 nothing early. Uh, we decided to kind of mess around and dig a hole, as we sometimes do, but uh, 
it's strange how that works because there's times when the Chargers like to jump out to an early lead and then lay an egg in the second half. Seems like whoever is trailing early in a Chargers game is the one who will win because we were down 10 nothing. Uh, we started rallying the troops. Herbert got going, throwing some lasers around the field. He was hitting uh, DeAndre Carter a few times on some balls over the middle to the outsides, deep. He was finding them in the flats. He was finding them over the top. Good game for Carter. Keenan Allen had some action as well. He had a touchdown in the flats. It was uh, neck and neck most of the way. Chargers were down late, down 24-17. Herbert puts together a nice drive, leads the bolts down the field. We got about 15 seconds left. Herbert finds Austin Eckler on the right side, catches it and turns and reaches for the end zone. He ends up scoring with about 12 seconds to go. That was huge. We are down one at that point. And this is where Brandon Staley comes in, and he says, boys, we're going for two. Let's get it. I really like the play design on the two-point conversion. Uh, what you have is two receivers lined up to the right. Keenan Allen is the first one to come through. He's going to run a little drag across the middle. Sometimes they call it a clear out. So you're going to come through the middle, kind of like a slant or a drag. Put your hands up, draw a bunch of attention, try to get the linebackers and corners and safeties to bite down on that. And right as that's happening... You have the tight end, Gerald Everett, who fakes like he's going outside and then cuts back in following behind Keenan Allen. And since Keenan just ran the clear out route where he comes through and draws a bunch of attention, you have a nice little space open in the middle after this where Everett can kind of trail around and find a nice opening. Herbert sends one into the bread basket. Two point conversion is good. Chargers take the lead with about 12 seconds to go. We kick it off. Cardinals have the ball. Kyler Murray, Hail Mary attempt, batted down, and the game is won. That's pretty insane. That's pretty crazy for the boys. We don't like to win a lot of close games. We like to lose a lot of close games, but uh, this time we got it done, and you have to credit the play design, whether that's Staley or whether that's Joe Lombardi. Uh, not sure who it was, but the little wide trail through the middle is a classic play. I've ran it many times on Madden, <laughs> and uh, it seems to work in real life too, so good to see. In the NBA, Dallas Mavericks having some problems with starting lineups and second-half lineups and rotations. Jason Kidd's taking a lot of heat for not putting Christian Wood in the starting lineup. It's really beyond me why he's not doing that. I think Christian Wood is a athletic big man who can shoot from the outside and he's a force on the inside and I think he's well worth a starting position on the Dallas Mavericks I'm very confused what Jason Kidd is thinking sometimes but uh, at the same time you kind of have to trust that uh, the guy who's played in the NBA for over 15 years and won a championship knows more than I do about basketball even though it's frustrating at times to admit that and I like to consider myself a, a lineup guru, a Mavericks expert sometimes. Um, at the end of the day, we're the fans, and they're the coaches, and they're seeing more things than we are. So I'm going to trust in Kid for the time being. If it gets to be egregiously foul and 
nonsense continues, then maybe I will shift my position to uh, more frustration and outrage. But at the time, you gotta you gotta give them a chance to see what's working here. We did just pick up the Mavs. Just signed Kemba Walker. That's pretty cool. Kemba Walker, longtime point guard for the Charlotte Hornets. Cardiac Kemba. I don't think he's quite the player he once was, but he can be a great rotational guard, and he can lock up a spot with the second group, at least. I mean, if Luka goes down, he can also take the starting position, but uh, I like Kemba coming off the bench to start. I think this is going to give the Mavs a boost. Obviously, we lost Jalen Brunson last year to free agency, and I think Kemba might be what we're looking for with the second group. So excited to see how that works out. Quickly, last part of the sports here today, World Cup soccer action, United States versus Iran. USA, Christian Pulisic getting through into the box. Uh, There's a ball sent into him. He gets to knock it past the keeper and they collide as he scores this goal. He took a shot to the midsection, it looked like. Uh, pretty tough one for Pulisic. Had to get some attention on the sidelines for a little while, but it was worth it because he scored the only goal of the match. It was one nothing. USA wins, and we advance to the round of 16. USA! USA! Let's go. What's cooking in finance? Part of the reason that the stocks have been weighed down recently and down in the dumps can be attributed to China's zero-COVID policy. Stocks have failed to fully recover from losses, even as China announced steps towards reopening, such as an uptick in vaccination rates for the elderly. If you guys didn't know, China is where the coronavirus started, and they are taking more strict measures than most other countries to contain the virus. Um... You have places in most areas of the world, including the United States, that have kind of settled on uh, this approach to kind of flatten the curve, do what you can, but at the same time, we're just going to kind of push forward and live through it. Uh, In China, they are very much focused on getting the numbers down as far as they can by any means necessary. So they still have people with masks on all over the place. They still have lockdowns going on. I've heard that they actually have drones flying around checking on if people are wearing masks. That's crazy to think about. That is, uh, I don't know if I, how I would feel about that, but uh, it's a different place. It's a different country, and that's how they run things. So obviously, if people are forced to stay confined in certain areas... That's going to be a negative impact on the economy in China, which is going to play a big factor in the overall economy. The United States has a lot of relations with China, and that can impact some of our stock prices. So that can be part of the reason that uh, stocks are struggling. Obviously, there's a, a lot more to it than just that, but uh, something to consider. If you're listening to this on the day of release, That means the Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell will be giving a speech at the Brookings Institution that may give insight to the central bank's thinking on future rate increases. Good old Jerome is going to give us a better idea of what he's thinking. 
Investors are closely watching the Federal Reserve ahead of the December meeting. Uh, the central bank is expected to deliver a smaller 0.5% point rate hike after the previous four consecutive rate hikes, which were 0.75%. So could be less this time. That would be a positive indicator. I think stocks would react positively to that in the short term. I know that I've mentioned this before, but these meetings with Jerome Powell, it seems like the market can be very overreactive sometimes to what he says. So keep a lookout for that meeting. Powell's going to be talking. Hopefully he says the right things, he pushes the right buttons, and we can get this puppy back on the right track. In crypto, we have BlockFi, which is a interest-earning platform for crypto. You send your crypto to BlockFi and you can earn interest on it. That's supposedly the idea. Uh, not anymore. They are filing for bankruptcy. I think that they were somehow related to FTX one way or another. Um, I'm assuming Sam Bankman-Fried either acquired them or gave them a loan or had some sort of deal with BlockFi because they were in trouble earlier and then Sam Bankman-Fried stepped in and kind of helped them out as he was doing with a bunch of exchanges. But uh, the parent company, FTX, now that that's crashing down, uh, some of these acquisitions that he brought in are also going to have the same effects as FTX. So BlockFi going to be filing for Chapter 11. They're going to be looking at some restructuring. And it was reported that Sam Bankman-Fried's net worth is now estimated at $0. <laughs> he owes a lot of money. And apparently the amount of money he owes is canceled out with the amount of money that he has. So if you find a quarter on the ground, uh, your net worth is going to be higher at this point than Sam Bankman-Fried. <laughs> now... I don't know how true that is. That's kind of just projections. Obviously, we don't have the full look into his net worth, but it's kind of uh, funny to think about. Quickly, before we move on, I said a couple episodes ago I was going to update you guys every week with the Crypto Club leaderboard, University of Iowa Crypto Club. I have been dropping the ball on that. I have not been living up to my word. So how about I update you? I was leading the way for a good while with Chili's. Um, it's a token that centers around sports and lets people vote on different things within a sports organization. I put a lot of my portfolio into this because I thought the World Cup would be a huge uh, promoter for this. And it turns out that, like most events in crypto, you got to buy the rumor and sell the news. All leading up to the World Cup, things were looking great for Chili's. Everyone was raving about it. And now the World Cup has started and Chili's is back down back down where it started, even a little bit lower from where it started earlier in the challenge. The only person who has not lost money is the guy in our crypto club who put 100% of his portfolio into Tether, which is a stable coin. So he's just sitting there at 1,000 where we all started and everyone else is down. So shout out to Mr. Tether man. I'm not going to reveal his name on here, but you know who you are. What's cooking in technology? Twitter CEO Elon Musk claimed on Monday in a series of tweets that Apple had threatened to remove the Twitter app from the App Store as part of its app 
review moderation process. Apple has also threatened to withhold Twitter from its app store, but won't tell us why, Elon Musk tweeted. I think most people speculate that some of the changes Elon Musk is making don't really align with a lot of people's viewpoints. He's brought back Trump. He's brought back uh, Jordan Peterson. He's brought back Andrew Tate. He's brought back Kanye, Kanye West. Um, some, some controversial people, obviously. Uh, Apple taking a stand here. They're saying that they aren't really a huge fan of what Elon's doing. And there's some other tweets also fired off on Monday where Elon called Apple's App Store fees a secret 30% tax because um, Apple, when they allow you to publish your app on the App Store, they really get you with some big fees. And you're not, as the app creator, you're not going to be able to make all that money. Apple takes a big upfront fee, so Elon was pretty pissed about that. He also ran a poll asking people if Apple should publish all censorship actions it has taken that affect its customers. And the poll results were overwhelming yes. Elon also claimed that Apple pulled most of their advertising from Twitter, so they pulled it off the platform. It's no longer there. Uh, this is a <laughs> this is quite a debate going on. You have the world's largest company by market cap, and you have the world's richest man by net worth battling it out, going head to head. It's Elon versus Apple, and Elon is battling for free speech, and he wants people to be able to speak their mind, whether it's contra- controversial or not. Apple wanting to kind of protect their brand, I guess, from not being in the controversy, has actually found themselves in the controversy by doing that. This is going to be interesting. It's already taking effect on Apple's stock price. I think they're slightly down in the past week or two. We're going to keep monitoring the situation as always, and if anything new comes out, we will alert you next Wednesday in the technology section of What's Cooking. What's Cooking in Video Games a UK-based startup called Joypaw is serious about making video games for dogs. What might sound like a joke is actually a project that could have health benefits for dogs' brains. Joypaw's games, which are still being prototyped, these games run on a custom saliva-resistant touchscreen console that the canine competitors play with their snouts. Listen to that sentence again. A custom saliva-resistant touchscreen console that the canine competitors play with their snouts. That is some literary genius in action. Whoever wrote this article, shout out to you. These games include whack-a-mole and also a test to see if the doggy gamer can pick which side of an image contains more bubbles. When the dogs succeed, the consoles will dispense treats. There's a motion sensor tracker on the dog's collar that may also allow for additional control of some games. I think that what they are saying is that these games are going to be designed for older dogs to kind of keep their cognitive abilities sharp as they age. Um, I don't know if they've put research into this. I'm assuming that there's been some sort of evidence uh, gathered that this will help because obviously they're, they're committing uh, a serious deal of time and effort into doing this. So 
Joypaw, getting into the dog video game industry, not sure what kind of market there is there. Uh, this is probably for like service training dogs, I assume. I don't think your average household dog is going to need to do this. But it, hey, if they come out and find that there's serious positive correlation between these video games and dogs' cognitive abilities, sign me up. Get your dog some video games. They will help. And get yourself some video games because you got to relax and kick back and play sometime. That's all for me. Episode 19 of the What's Cooking podcast. We talked about some zombies maps from the classic days of Call of Duty Black Ops. Top 10 list. Maybe you agree, maybe you don't. Either way, I'm glad that you guys took the time to listen. And give me your thoughts on the list. And give me your thoughts on everything. Give me your thoughts if you want to come on the podcast. I'd love to have you. Hit me up on social media. What's underscore cooking on Twitter. What's underscore cooking on Instagram. Follow the Facebook page. Sub to the YouTube channel. Get in there on the link tree and check out all those links. You already know I'm going to be back next week for episode 20. The big 2-0. Man, these milestones, they keep on coming. I'll tell you what. Anyways, have a good one. See you.